0: What's up, you guys? It's Brian. And Juno. And welcome back to I'm Sorry in the And this episode is going to be extra gay. Because it's Pride Month.
1: Yes! Yes, queen. Yes. Yes, other gay terminology. The house down boots work for your mother. (laughs) Death drop. (laughs) Jablam. All of the gay things. Words. Rim job.
0: Yes. (laughs) rim job, blow job, fisting, piss play, water sports, all of it. Let's be real, we invented those words. We made sex happen. Yeah, we invented. (laughs) So since this month is Pride Month, we're gonna talk about what pride has been for me and Juno and then Juno, since he is our lovely drag queen, the only Aunt Tammy, He is is going to talk about the history of drag because who was it started by? Drag queens. You could sound more excited.
1: (laughs) I didn't want to give it all the way right up front. I'm not as easy as some other people on this podcast.
0: Oh, well, (laughs) too late. Any plans for Pride? Have you done anything? Well,
1: so I was supposed to have my real estate license by now. But as we know, like, that didn't exactly happen the way I planned it. I'm going to be retaking the test on the 16th, which is coming up this Saturday. But my original plans for Pride was that I was going to get on, like, full high holy drag and uh, have my business cards made out so that I can hand them out at Pride. Because mm-hmm. I think that was, like, a great strategy. <laughs> but next year. <laughs>
0: like next year. We'll yeah. definitely do it next year.
1: <laughs> the last time I went to Pride was last year, but before that, I can't remember the last time I was at Pride. And the only reason I went last year to Pride was because my cousin, who is now 21, I think she just turned 21. It was her first time at Pride. So I I had to go for her because she's a lesbian and she was like recently out. And my one of my best friends who's twenty nine. Last year he was twenty eight at the time of Pride. It was his first time going to Pride too. So I was like, fine, you know what? I feel kind of like it's my obligation to <laughs> to break people into Pride because I had done it for a really long time. I've been in Pride Parades before, both in and out of drag and also like not just in the entertainment sense, but in the political sense. I've I've been highly involved with it in that way. So Pride has really been an overall journey for me.
0: Ooh, okay. I like it.
1: (laughs) What about you? (laughs) How have you experienced Pride? And then I'll go into like a little bit more of my backstory with it.
0: So I've only done East Coast Pride. So I've only done like New York City. Uh, I know I went to Philadelphia Pride once. And then there was one time when me and David went to Canada. It just happened by chance that they were celebrating Pride. Which I think I remember telling you that when we got there, because we had just planned a random trip to Canada, and then next thing they we know, they're celebrating like gayness all down the street, and it was even it was even Pride Month, so I was very confused. <laughs> <laughs> it's just dicks abounding. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So. That was a pleasant surprise. I haven't had a chance to experience Pride here on the West Coast yet because, as you know, I was in grad school, so I didn't really have time to really plan out a good Pride fest. Also, David was being a Mr. Complainer Pants and just talking about how busy he was, so he couldn't, didn't have time to come with me because I didn't want to go alone to pride because they just look like that lonely gay guy that weirdo in the background
1: (laughs) i mean i don't know it could also just give you an opportunity to meet a lot of interesting fun people because i know that the nights when i've gone or the, the years when i've gone to pride even though i'll go with like one or two people by the end of the night i've always met five people and we're like bouncing around from club to club doing crazy things that are mm,
0: I think I probably wasn't in the mood for that. I probably was just like, I just want to do Pride and then go home and do what I have to do. <laughs> um, but this year, I will be going to San Diego Pride this weekend. Oh, very nice. Right? I LA Pride just happened, but honestly, I don't know why, but I'm just not that interested in LA Pride. I was like, mm, not really. But San Diego Pride does sound fun. so very excited for that and I think I am more excited about it this year because I'm a single bitch okay <laughs> yeah exactly it's the first gay pride where I'll be single so I'll be able to experience it
1: as a single man and you're going to be going by yourself or do you have plans to go with someone
0: no just me San Diego baby
1: no like that
0: yeah. I have also made another life decision that I haven't sworn off men, but I think I'm just done with everything, the sex, dating, all of it. I think I just want to be with me and just do what I have to do and, you know, focus on my life and me.
1: Yeah. I mean, I definitely feel you there. I Like there is this guy right now that I really like, but I met him actually via Instagram. Thank you, the only Aunt Tammy. <laughs> I commented on like a couple of his pictures when we started talking. And um, he's really nice, but he's so fit and like he's funny. And I get nervous when I talk to him because I was like, you have a great body. You have such a personality and you're going to want
0: to date like a fat drag queen. I don't understand. Um, time the fuck Ow. out. All right, we've already established that you always get the hot ones. Mr. Like, I don't know. It's like I've never had an ab chisel big dick guy before. When you've had like 10 in the past <laughs> week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable. I mean, I guess so. I've just never had to feel, I've never felt insecure talking to someone. And for some reason, he makes me very nervous. Mm, I feel you on that. Yeah. So I've I've considered giving up men, at least for the time being.
0: Yay! Let's be single bitches together. Even though time is dwindling down for us. We are some old queens.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, actually it's so sad. The other like two weekends ago now, I think it was. Yeah. Two weekends ago, I was down the shore with my family and one of my cousins goes, So, when do you think you can get married? And I was like, really? <laughs> And I was like, oh no, the first time that question was asked, that means so many more people were thinking it because that was like my one, like very liberal cousin
0: type. (laughs) That's the gateway. Now it's begun. Like, oh boy yet? Marriage? What are you doing with your life?
1: (laughs) Yeah. And then like later that week, somebody was like, do you think you'll ever have kids? And I was like, oh my God. I was like, (laughs) this is quite possibly the worst thing that's happened to me in a long while. Ever.
0: We've already established that My kids will be your kids Yeah <laughs> Like you ain't here to be spoiled That's Juno's job I'm here to discipline you Like a true <laughs> parent
1: <laughs> Yeah and then they'll go back to you And be like Uncle Juno's so much more fun <laughs> And then you'll be yeah. like Yeah Uncle Juno doesn't have to live with you <laughs>
0: <laughs> He doesn't know what you're like Every day <laughs>
1: But, yeah, so that's, what, that's what's been on my radar a little bit. Were you done talking about your experience with Pride or, like, what you hope to
0: experience this year? What I hope to experience this year, you know, I don't know what my expectations are because I've heard that West Coast Pride is dramatically different from East Coast Pride. So I think I don't really have any expectations except for... That better be true. I better experience a Pride that's dramatically different from the East Coast. (laughs) Well, from when I was out there,
1: I did notice a difference between West Coast and East Coast Pride. West Coast Pride was a lot more like partying and dancing and like street closures. And it was a lot more like club based. You know what I mean? Like dancing, stuff in the streets. But in New York, the Pride still has like a little bit of a political feel to it. And I think that's because that was the birthplace of gay pride. And I think that's why New York specifically, at least for me, has always held a different feel than like Philadelphia, Washington, D.C., Los Angeles, San Francisco, Toronto. Like it's just felt New York for me feels very different.
0: So as everyone knows, Juno is a drag queen, so he knows all about the history of drag. And I figure <laughs> <laughs> I figured that since this is an episode about gay pride, that you should take the lead on the history of it because we all know it's about drag queens. Yeah. And actually it's funny because
1: if this comes out based on like when it's scheduled to come out, it should actually come out the week of pride. Because it's always like the last Saturday or Sunday in June. So basically, the history with Pride was that back in the day, I think it was 1969 when it happened. But don't quote me to the exact year, but I know it was in the 60s. As many people know, it was like not okay to be gay. Gay bars would be broken into regularly and the patrons would be beaten by the police and it was just really not a good time to be gay. The hanky code, which is something really interesting. If, well, no, it's true. It wasn't a good time to be gay. Now, like, people can have boyfriends in high school. That was like, that's such a foreign concept to
0: me. That was never the case for me. Oh, no, I know. I was laughing because of the way you said it. <laughs> I'm like, it was just not a good time to be gay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. But, um, the, because we gays are quite, ingenious and resourceful we came up with something called the hanky code which would tell people what you're into so whether if you wore like a maroon colored handkerchief in one pocket it meant something and if you wore a yellow colored handkerchief in another pocket it meant something else and so it was really interesting because you could tell if somebody was top or bottom if you like fisting if you like water sports like all this stuff just based on the
0: handkerchief you were wearing in your back pocket Oh my, how the times have changed. If you were wearing that now, you'd be dead by another gang member. (laughs) I know. And people,
1: like, now it's so much more efficient. It's like you're on Grindr or Scruff or Bumble or whatever the hell you're talking on and jacked. And you're just like, I like this, this, and that. Do you like this, this, and that as well? (laughs) And if it's a no, (laughs) then you're just like, all right, on to the next. So what happened was, I'm fairly certain it was in June of 1969, cops broke in and were beating the shit out of uh some patrons in a gay bar the one the gay bar was called stonewall it's in new york city it's still there and drag queens decided to rise up and fight because they were like you know what we're tired of this shit i get chills every time i talk about this um, they were like we're so tired of this we're tired of being taken advantage of and they rioted and of course it wasn't just like these little frail like cutesy pie beauty drag queens but they were like Spanish girl drag queens, the black drag queens, like the ones that were, you know, already a minority. And then if you're a minority, that's already hard enough. But then you're a secondary minority, like being gay or anything like that. And it's really, it becomes like a struggle more so than other people might know. And so they were like, you know what, we're just tired of this. And they rose up and they rioted. And the riot lasted for four days in the streets of New York in the village.
0: Wait, it lasted four days?
1: Yeah a full four days. The first Gay Pride
0: Festival. Holy crap. What how were they I'm curious of how they were rioting. Was it just nonstop violence? Like them like destroying stuff or just what were they doing for four days?
1: I'm sure it was probably a mix of things. Like probably it started as some type of a a violent act, but then it probably moves forward because it was like the sixties, so it probably ended up being like peaceful protests and stuff like that. And just nonstop presence in the space. No. <laughs> so that's the history of gay pride as I understand it. And if any of you have more information that I might not have talked about, feel free to write in, but generally that's the gist of what happened in the late sixties to help really bring homosexuality to the forefront and to say like, no, we're we're here, sure we're queer, get used to it. Like that kind of thing. I, I'm sure you've heard that chant before, which was used in the the years to come.
0: Oh yeah, what always sticks in my head with that quote is this episode of Simpsons that I watched growing up. And it was just like, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. And Lisa Simpson's just like, yeah, we know gay's been legal since 19 whatever year. And I just think about her (laughs) saying that all every time. (laughs) Uh, That's funny. Yeah.
1: So I do, I, there's a soft spot in my heart for pride because I've gone on a journey with it myself. My first trip to pride was as a member of the GLBT at Bergen community college Repping that shit. Um, And we went there as a group together, not as like a group outing, but it was all of us from the college. So it could have been really. And it was a great experience. And then the following year, I went back and I was dressed up. No, I wasn't dressed up that year. The following year, I went back and I was behind one of those stands, like how they have a, they walk with the banners.
0: Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So that was one. Well, actually, uh, for our listeners, what could you describe these banners?
1: Well, I'm so glad you jumped ahead of me because I was about to do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> look at this bitch over here. Like, stop interrupting me and I'll get there.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but the banner I was walking with that year was Lambda Legal because that was an organization in New Jersey that was focusing on getting gay marriage passed at the time because it was pre- gay marriage and they were fighting at least for civil unions so because that happened before gay marriage so I was marching with them my second year there and I would do volunteer work with them throughout the year so it was really nice to get to be a part of that aspect of it too not just like the super fun aspect like boys dancing on poles on floats going down the street which is fun don't get me wrong (laughs) but (laughs) gay pride it's genesis was in a political outcry, I really think that it should still have an aspect of that to it.
0: You know what I mean? No, I definitely feel you. I feel that pride nowadays. And honestly, because I grew up kind of in the same era you did, where being gay was like, you had to be hush-hush about it. But I feel now, because of where the culture is now, and there's more freedom for gay people... I feel like gay pride is going to lose its political touch. It's going to become the next Black History Month. It's just going to be a month where, yeah, you've mentioned gay pride, but it has no real significance to people anymore.
1: Yeah, I think that's really both unfortunate and fortunate in some capacity because um, I was at a birthday party just last night and this girl who I'm friends with, her cousin is gay he's in high school now and he's like 15 or something. And we were talking about what it's like for him being gay in high school. And I mentioned that when I was in high school, I was bullied a lot and I was in theater and that was kind of like my release, but I felt a lot like there are gay people that don't necessarily like being in theater. So I felt like the people that didn't like theater should have someplace to go. And I knew that, these new things were popping up in high schools called gay-straight alliances. And I thought to myself, oh, I should be a part of that. But my school didn't have one. So instead, what I ended up doing was starting a gay-straight alliance. Because I forget who said this, but if you seek a change in the world and there isn't one, then it's your job to, like, make one. To, to like, travel the path not followed. Yeah. Yeah, because that's important. And so I was asking him about what his... Situation is like in high school now. And he was like, oh, we don't have a gay straight alliance, but we don't really need one because everyone is so like cool about everything. He goes, I go to school with a full face of makeup on and like people don't care. People don't say shit to me. Really? Yeah. And I was like, I am so happy because I feel like the things that I've done to this point, like volunteering with Lambda Legal, the human rights campaign, like all of that stuff. I feel like in a way that has had a wide enough impact that now this kid can go to school in a full face of makeup and no one says shit to him.
0: Yeah. I one time dyed my hair, not even like an outrageous color. I just dyed it like a brighter blonde and I was called gay for a whole week or like some other form of homophobia slang. Like, (laughs) and that was just for dyeing my hair a natural hair color.
1: Yeah. And that to me is just it's so crazy the distance that we've come in our lifetime because i mean i knew that gay marriage would happen in my lifetime i think i knew that because i was on the ground floor with like helping it get past and stuff like that yeah (laughs) i did not ever think that i would be part of a society where kids could go to school in full face and be okay and granted This is the East Coast, and you're on the West Coast, and we are in very metropolitan understanding areas, and I know things come along slower like the more you get into the center of the country, but I think that certain shows have really ushered in an understanding of the gay community, like Will & Grace. I was so happy when that came out because, I mean, I'd always been around gay people, but I know that there are people in Kentucky that probably saw Will and Grace and they were like, oh my God, there is a possibility to like be air quotes normal and to not feel judged and stuff like that. There was Queer as Folk, which though was definitely more directed towards a gay audience, like Will and Grace was very all-encompassing. Queer as Folk was another show, even though it was on Showtime, that kind of showed people like, hey, there's, there's more to us than just what you think or whatever else. So I, I think that media has certainly taken the journey with us and helped us become more of a public presence. Cause at first it was kind of like gays were laughed at on TV. And as we've moved forward, gays have been are now being laughed with on TV.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely get that.
1: So I think that that's an,
0: that's important. Oh, so many memories. <laughs> <laughs> it's what happens when you're old kids. It happens when you're old. <laughs> it's true. It's just like, Oh man. The times, those were the days, being beaten for kissing a man in public. <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
1: uh, uh. I mean, I'm glad that's never happened to me. I've never experienced any type of physical hate
0: crime. You know it's funny? I never really experienced homophobia as much as my peer has growing up. I feel that I've had somewhat of a normal time I think there was only one time, and I remember this vividly because it was the first time I ever experienced real homophobia, Uh somebody was driving in this truck and they must have known who I was because it was, I think it was like 11 o'clock at night and I was just about to go home and I just get this beer can like chugged at me and it was just like faggot and I was like, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you're like
1: they're so nice offering me a beverage shut <laughs> up they must have like a thing for
0: me <laughs> i think that was like the first time i've ever experienced like the very i don't know because i don't want to downplay other people's experiences like oh the very violent version of it because it could have been i could have had a lot worse but to me like that's the most violent it's ever been
1: i have never been thanked God, I'm going to knock on wood. So you're going to probably hear that on the camera. Like, I've never been physically attacked. Thank God. I've definitely dealt with like being called names starting in like fifth grade because I, I moved in fifth grade from where I was growing up to where I then later grew up. And when you're younger and you grew up with a group of people, it's just like, oh, that's just who you are. You know what I mean? It, it gets overlooked because you've you've had such formative years with people.
0: Exactly. So pe- people already know how you are. And then when you go somewhere else, it's like, ooh, why are you like this? And I'm like, there's a very good fucking reason why I'm like this. Or right? get to know me. <laughs> so then in, in fifth grade, when I
1: started in Westwood, I think it, before the schools like sectioned off into grade levels, So I was at Berkeley. And um, fifth grade was like a rough year for me in general. But I would get called like faggot and gay and stuff like that every day. Actually, no, I didn't get called a faggot until high school. But in fifth grade, they were like, you're gay. You're so gay. And in my head, I'm like, I don't even know what that word means. Like, (gasps) I had to go home and look it up. Because I didn't understand, like, what it meant to be gay. Me
0: too. I definitely feel you on that. I knew that I liked men, but I didn't know there was, like, a word for it.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Because growing up, I just thought, like, I guess, like, because I knew the girls in my class liked boys. So I was like, oh, I guess some boys like boys. Girls like boys. Some boys must like boys and some girls like I just thought like there were all versions of it. I didn't really put together that like I was different. I just thought it was like just a version of the normal. Yeah. So once I was in seventh grade, because after grammar school was like kindergarten through sixth and then starting at seventh grade, you were integrated with the high school, but you were in the junior high, which was like attached to a different section of the building. Mm -hmm. And that was the first time I was called a fag. And I was like, I still don't even know what this word means. So I had to go and like, look it up again. And I was like, Oh, it's like a mean word for being gay.
0: (laughs) 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 They weren't being nice. Wait a minute. (laughs) (laughs) So I pretty much, I
1: dealt with it until 10th grade when I full on lost my shit in the middle of English class. And Um, Or actually there was like 15 minutes left in English class and there was this kid who was like, especially good at making my life miserable because he would just like hammer it home every day.
0: We all know that one person.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, he's dead now, so that's fine. But whatever happens to the best of us. We all got to die someday. But so he was making fun of me in English class and I just couldn't take it anymore. And it was 11.15. I remember the time because it's significant to the story. He goes, blah, 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 Danny, you're so gay. And I was like, yeah, Chris, you know what? I am gay. I suck dick. I take it in the ass. I don't know what the fuck you want me to say. I am so done with you. And he was like, dude, I'm so sorry. And I was like, I don't care. I don't care if you're sorry. Go to the nurse and take your fucking Ritalin. (laughs) Yeah, and he was like, "Would you say?" I was like, "Yeah, it's eleven fifteen. It's time for your meds, isn't it?" And then he, and then he like started to charge me, and the English teacher got between both of us, and she was like, "Chris, go to the nurse. Go to the nurse." Oh my goodness! (laughs) Then we sat down and waited for lunch, and then of course, no one said anything to me for the rest of the day. Nothing for the rest of the day. But the next day, fucking. Everyone wanted to talk to me. They were like, so do you like put it in the butt or do you take it? And like, what do you do? Are you the boy or the girl? And like all of the questions. And like, I was a virgin at that point. I didn't even know like what any of the answers (laughs) to these questions were. So I just kind of like made it up. I was like, well, I've always been feminine. So I guess I'm the girl. When now I realize that that's not even like, no, not that it's not appropriate, but it's not even a real
0: role. No, I know what you mean. No. You're so lucky. Well, okay. You're not lucky that you get picked on, but when I came out, nobody believed me for a good two weeks. Nobody. They thought I was making that shit up. I'm like, who would make up sucking dick? Who would make that up? (laughs) I mean, it's a lot of fun, so maybe. They were like, no, you're not. No, you're not. And you know why? It's just because I looked like a jock and I did all the jock sports. I did wrestling, football. So like inconceivable that I would be gay. I
1: mean, I played every sport too. I played baseball, basketball, football, soccer, and wrestling.
0: Then I don't understand. (laughs) Yeah, I don't get it either. (laughs) Probably because the only other three gay people in our school were like, super, super, super feminine, they would walk in like, hey, guys, just went to the spa, these are my nails, their claws.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, like, for me, I've always tended to lean feminine in terms of my mannerisms and stuff like that, and I think it's because um, I'm Italian and Cuban, and the women in my family have always been very strong, very dominant people. And you've met my mother and you've met some of my aunts and stuff like that. So you know that they're very big personalities. That's Men true. Men were kind of like, not subdued, but they were all more mellow than the women. And I grew up in a kitchen with my grandmother and my mother and stuff like that. And I was always exposed more to the female side. I've I've done the guy stuff. Like I've gone hunting with my uncles and stuff like that. But even then it was more fun for me to do the like the at-home activities so
0: no I definitely get that I feel growing up with my mom because she made me watch all like Buffy the Vampire Slayer Charmed any show with a powerful female lead I just wanted to be kick-ass powerful female like I felt more connected with that type of character and I think she really influenced that type of uh, quality into me, just being a strong independent woman and beating people up. <laughs> I think also that's part of why
1: drag is such a large part of me because I don't want to be a woman. I don't desire to be a woman. I think that that's a lot of why dating is challenging as a drag queen in the gay community because guys are like, oh, if I'd want to fuck a girl, I'd fuck a girl. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't want to be a girl. <laughs> like, that's not... <laughs> I'm not transgender and I just, I like dressing up like Halloween every day because it's so much more fun, like than just living a regular life. So I think that's, that's part of it. That's part of the birth of drag for me because I was around all these strong females. And I was like, you know what, why should I wait to dress up? Like I can make my own character and she can have her own storyline. And I think it's, she's just a lot of fun to be.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely get that. And also I'm,
1: I make a very clear distinction that like she is completely different than I am. She chews different gum than I chew. She has different opinions on things. Like uh so just in general, like people definitely think I sound crazy when I talk about it sometimes, I'm sure. But it's just it is she's who she is.
0: I was like, it is what it is. Yeah. Well, since we are on the topic of drag queens, welcome to Pride Month, everyone. Let's talk about the RuPaul drag queen all-star season four rumors of who's going to be on the show
1: so there have been many speculations starting to fly around now over all-stars season four because all-stars season 11 is taping right now
0: and juno has been very gracious and created a slideshow for me so that i can be better informed with these drag queens (laughs) Yeah, so because I
1: have been watching this show for what seems like forever now, and I can probably rattle off facts about all of them. And I know that that is not Brian's forte. So I figured if he was going to be participating in this conversation, he should at least have a little bit of story with each of these people.
0: I like how you said that, like, RuPaul, like, history, or however you say it. it. His- story. There you go.
1: history. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and as we move forward with the slides, I will talk about kind of the impact they've had on the community and stuff like that. I've also set them up starting at season one and moving to season 10, I think was the most recent one. So yeah, one to 10, because we do have a few queens that are suspected all-stars from season 10. So from season one, we have Angina who placed fifth. She was sent home by B.B. B- Zahara Benet to the song Stronger by Britney Spears. (gasps) Ooh. I know. Uh, She was really impactful because she was on season one and she came out as being HIV positive on season one. So she kind of became a... uh, Icon? Yeah, like an icon, the face of HIV in in a way. That was her? Yeah, I believe so.
0: Because I saw a clip on YouTube and I got sucked into the YouTube hole where... She walked away from the show because of her status. Yeah,
1: she was the first activist to appear on Drag Race.
0: Yeah, in the in the YouTube clip that I saw, she walked away from the show.
1: No, she lost an a sync. She placed fifth. I mean, there have been other HIV-positive performers on Drag Race since then.
0: Well, this was definitely season one because it had the, as they like to call it, the season one filter.
1: <laughs> okay, I mean, I might... I might be wrong then, but I know that she did lose to BB.
0: Maybe it was a different, cause I remember Bibley cause she was like, I have HIV. And then RuPaul is like, you are a strong, powerful woman. You will get through this honey.
1: Yeah, yeah. So. It was a moment kind of like that, but I know that her, her elimination was a very tough one for everyone involved because of the fact that not only was, she coming about HIV, but like the challenge that day had to do with uh, HIV awareness or something like that. So her, her elimination that day was particularly hard.
0: Hmm. Maybe it was an elimination. i have to rewatch it. Good for her. Although I am loving the one photo. So we're looking at photos. Juno also put other photos of her other outfits for me. <laughs> Very wonderful. And in this photo that I'm looking at, it must be in LA because only LA do they have a bunch of those backdrops with random pictures on painted onto the wall that people like to take pictures <laughs> of themselves. Like, oh, I'm so unique and different. Like everyone takes pictures of themselves next to the wall, but you ain't special. So- <laughs> <laughs> well the also
1: the reason why I set this up was because I wanted to give you a different feel for the ones that you didn't know. And I wanted to know if you thought they would go far in drag race or if they weren't going to go far, like
0: what your general assessment was on each of them. I feel like she would, but that's just based on her outfit. She really does good outfit choices. So the one I'm looking at with the colors, there's like a really colorful back wall drop and the dress she has on uh, just flows well with those colors. It's like a very poofy front. It's a very poofy dress. And then she has those like furry uh, boot things, whatever they're called. And then her other outfits. Also, well, I mean, I'm into Japanese culture, so her other outfit's very uh geisha with the yeah. with the headpiece. So actually it kinda reminds me of Princess and the Frog. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that for sure. Yeah. So I think do I think she would win? Mm I haven't seen the other ones yet, but I don't feel like she's like a number one contender yet. But I definitely feel like she'd be very tough opponent to go against. The
1: thing with her is because she was on season one, she doesn't have a tremendous amount of media presence at this point. And I think that this has the ability to potentially relaunch her career and have people get to know and fall in love with her again, which I think would
0: be. Yeah. Well, I think that's what RuPaul is trying to do. I think he's bringing back the season one girls because it's like, he's right. You know, back then it was very, it wasn't as popular. The prize pool is pretty small. So I feel like he is, Going forward, he's probably going to start bringing one from season one, every All-Stars now, just to give them that presence and to give them more.
1: Yeah, I agree. And I, I do think that if she has had 10 years worth of growth or 11 years worth of growth, whatever it is, between season one and now, I think she could be a real contender. I would love to see her win, but I am of the opinion that I do not know that she will win.
0: Yeah, no, that's how I feel. I'm like looking at her like, maybe... Don't know yet. All right. Now we have Manila Luzon. Manila
1: Luzon, yes. She was actually in two seasons. She was in season three, and she placed second. Raja came in first. Uh, the song that they lip synced to was championed by RuPaul. Raja and Manila were fantastic contenders that year. It was so funny because there's a close up if you watch it where right after they announced that raja won. they close up on Manila's face and she looks like i don't know if her reality crumbled around her but it got real bad <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> shit reality really set in for their bitch <laughs> yeah but Manila has has always had
1: great talents in terms of her costumes and stuff like that prior to being in drag she was a graphic designer so she's always had the ability to like make her own stuff and really understand what it was to brand
0: yeah I can see that right now
1: yeah and even if you look at her other things like she always does for the most part like a white stripe in gray hair I mean yeah a white stripe in black hair and she's very she knows her silhouette she works very well with it
0: mm-hmm.
1: she was also on all-stars season one and it says placed seventh slash eighth because in all-stars one they were they competed in teams And her teammate was Latrice Royale. Their joint team name was Latrilla, which I thought was funny. (laughs) And she got sent home by GGB to uh, Nasty by Janet Jackson. Ooh. Which, yeah, it was a pretty good lip sync. And GGB though, was such a lip sync assassin. She was very good at it.
0: Damn. All right. Yeah. Let's see. Now we have... Who's this bitch? Oh, Latrice Latrice Royale.
1: You didn't say if you th- how far you think Manila will go.
0: Oh, okay. I feel like same thing with Angina. I feel like she looks like a tough contender. I feel like they really went all-star, all-star quality this time. But then again, I've only yeah. seen one all-star episode, so. <laughs> And also, also I feel like you just got really great shots of them in your slideshow. You just got the best pictures of them. So they all just look like, wow, you could be a winner. You could be, everyone could be a winner (laughs) at this point.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I wanted to give you like the essence of the the performer. Anyway, next we have Latrice Royale. She was on season four. She placed fourth. Uh, She lost to Chad Michaels to No One Else on Earth by Winona Judd. And she was in All-Star season one. She plays seventh, eighth with Manila, who we were just talking about to Jujubee by Janet Jackson.
0: <laughs> Can I just say I'm really loving her hair, her wig choices. Oh
1: yeah, uh, Latrice is fantastic. I love her.
0: Also, I feel like gemstones. She's like, she's one of those people. Like, mm, let's put a little. What's that? What's that thing called? The clip on gems? What the clip on gems? Like bedazzling. Yeah, she's like, mm, this needs a little bedazzling. Oh honey, we need to <laughs> bedazzle this.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, one of Latrice's mottos is like "less isn't more, more is more," and when you're a drag queen, like you really need to pile it on. So, I love Latrice. If this is actually if she does end up on the show for All Stars four, I'm pr- I'm predicting from right now that she will win it.
0: Yeah, I was about to say I I like her. All right, <laughs> I'm like you could win, girl. I'm on your side. You do it.
1: Yeah. She's done all the growing and she clearly, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) But she has the growing in terms of like as a performer and she's so sweet and talented. And if you ever meet someone that's met her and talk to them, or if you've ever met her directly, you will see she is probably one of the nicest Queens ever.
0: Oh, good for her. All right. Up next we have Naomi Smalls. Yeah.
1: She was a season eight finalist. she, placed in the top three with bob the drag queen and kim chi
0: mm. i'm not really failing her
1: i mean i think she's a look queen if you scroll to the second page with all of her images in my opinion like i look at her and i'm like she is a woman she is beautiful yeah
0: no yeah no she is i just um i don't know maybe it's just the picture choice the vibe i'm getting from her is just like mm, no <laughs> yeah no
1: i know but i think I think she'll play somewhere in the middle. I don't think she's going to win.
0: Yeah, no, she's definitely one of those people that'll just stay on for a couple episodes, and then that's it. And then it's like, well, whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So if you go to the next slide, we have Valentina. Oh,
0: what? He let her back on? I am... Oh, (laughs) so you know. (laughs) I am shocked. I'm shocked that he would
1: yeah she's very polarizing i know that if i speak poorly of her we will probably get backlash from her fans but i don't care i think she's beautiful but i think she's not professional and i know people that have worked with her outside of the show like when she goes to a bar and stuff like that she has made i don't know if she still does it but in the past she's made really weird demands like she wants champagne in her dressing room and Uh, Red M&M's and stuff like that. And it's like, bitch, relax. You're not curing cancer.
0: (laughs) Just looking at her outfits, I think that she thinks she's a diva. And I'm like, you couldn't even do a lip sync, honey. Yeah. And don't get me wrong.
1: She's beautiful. She paints beautifully. But I think that drag today is more than just a beautiful face. No,
0: it really is. That's why I think I wasn't impressed by the other girl. Because like, yeah, she looks like a woman. She's pretty, but... Is that all she has going for her? That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Valentina, I'm just I'm shocked that RuPaul Well well these are rumors. Okay, she may or may not be, but I really don't think so because that lip sync was atrocious. I never felt more uncomfortable in my life when RuPaul was like, This is lip sync, honey, you need to take it off. I prefer to leave it on, please. <laughs> like Yeah. (laughs) Like that made me so nervous. And then RuPaul was like, This is a lipstick, honey. Take it off. I was like, Take it off. Take it off.
1: (laughs) If you could have been in my company when I was watching it and that happened, when she was like, I'd like to keep it on, please. I audibly went, (laughs) Just like that.
0: (laughs) I had no idea what was happening. It's true. So if she does get on it, I think she'll be the first one eliminated. Well, Part of the reason
1: that she's going to be, not the reason she's going to be on, but they're bringing back a queen from All-Stars 3, possibly. And they think it's going to be Aja. And because Aja and Valentina had that, like, kind of clashing moment on their season, that's why they want to recreate, like, a little bit of that drama.
0: Someone was just complaining that RuPaul is uh, no longer just, like, about drag queens. It's about, it needs drama now in the show people go to see the reality part of it the reality show ish
1: i mean absolutely i get it but most drag queens are dramatic enough you throw a bunch of them in a in a confined space for six weeks you're gonna get drama, <laughs> regardless oh man so next we have up uh, Shay coulee coulee but yeah you're she was a season nine finalist they did this weird kind of lip sync off for the crown which i think they're doing again this season. She lost to Sasha Velour with the song So Emotional by Whitney. I like Stinson. that song. Yeah. And it was one of the most epic lip syncs ever. Shea Kule is the first queen to have won or I believe she's the first queen to have won the most challenges in her season and lost the and lost the crown.
0: Damn, the other dragon was like, I'm gonna step my
1: game up. Yeah, well, Sasha Velour did one of the most epic things. Uh, she had these like, These like rose petal reveals and all this stuff. And RuPaul has two primary rules when it comes to lip syncing, never remove your wig and never remove your shoes. And Sasha has always been a bald queen. Like she doesn't wear wigs, whatever. So she showed up on the stage wearing a wig. And I was like, that's weird. But midway through the song, she like does this really dramatic lift and all these rose petals like rain down on her. And I was like, that bitch knew what she was doing. Yeah.
0: I saw that too. YouTube, man, you get in the hole. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) it does it takes you weird places I think I don't she's hard to tell I feel like well my heart's already set on I've already forgotten her name but the Latrice my, my heart's already set on Latrice so I would say she'll make it she'll probably be maybe one of the finalists in the end but Latrice is gonna take it
1: yeah I think that Shay because of her history with having done so well I think that she will continue to exceed i think she'll end up in the top four but i do not think she'll win yeah also even though there's a rumor of her possibly being on the show there was also someone that said she rejected the offer so it's been offered to her i don't know if she'll actually take it but i know it's been offered. wow
0: Hmm. that takes guts maybe she's done with drag maybe it's just not for her anymore
1: i mean i think it's she's probably not done with drag i think she's probably done with that level of competition
0: yeah all right, up we have Trinity, the Tuck Taylor.
1: Yeah, she was also a season nine finalist. She lost to Peppermint, who's a New York queen. Fantastic. To the song Stronger by Britney Spears. And I thought that was interesting that she, like that they recycled a song because they don't really do that generally. So for them to have taken a song from season mm-hmm. one is interesting.
0: Yeah, I guess there is plenty of songs where you wouldn't have to recycle. Um, uh, I feel like she'll be eliminated in the second episode. Oh, I think that's really interesting because
1: I thought for season nine, I thought she was going to win because she did the most growth. She started out as a pageant queen and was very afraid to be funny and like that type of stuff. But she did a lot, a lot of growing during her season. And I actually thought that she was going to win just because she'd grown the most.
0: Well, keep in mind, these are only based off pictures. I like other pictures.
1: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, I get it. I'm just saying that. Like, in my opinion, I think that she'll... I think she has the potential to end up in, like, the top four. Well, somebody's got to leave
0: in the first episode. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. All right, up we have Miss Cracker, who just finished. Yeah, she was eliminated this
1: last week. So if you're listening to us right now, you can place the time when this is. (laughs) Uh, She lost to Cameron Michaels with Nasty Girl by
0: Vanity 6. Yeah. Um, uh, I watched a couple episodes with her in it. I Honestly, I wasn't really feeling... I mean, the episode says watch, I wasn't really feeling season 10, the queens on it. I don't know why, you know? Yeah, I know what you
1: mean. I think that like other seasons, like season six, for example, everyone knew Bianca was going to win. I think at the beginning of this season, everyone had a good idea who was going to finish in the finals and who was probably going to win.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah. I just wasn't feeling... I feel like she's basic. (laughs) That's fair. I don't think she's going to win though. Uh, I don't think she'll win
1: either in terms of an all-star cast, but I think that she is a star. I think she's so talented and super funny because I've seen her not on the show perform and she's very Mm -hmm. good. Maybe I have to see her live. Yeah. And then next we have the Vixen. Yeah. She's the final contestant as of right now. That's rumored to be on the show. Mm. I think that they're bringing her on season, on All-Stars 4 because she's great for drama. Yeah,
0: I've noticed. <laughs>
1: Though, in all fairness, she is talented. I've seen her previous work to being on Drag Race, and she's very talented. It's just that she has a shit personality on TV. I think some people aren't meant for television. I think she's one of those people.
0: Yeah. No, I feel that'd probably be me too. I'd come off as a bitch. <laughs> like, no. No. No, sorry. No, I thought she was, I mean, yeah, she's pretty good. Honestly, I don't, I don't know why. I, season 10, I just have no feeling towards any of them. Not like, uh, RuPaul, Drag Race, uh, All-Stars. All right, it's time for everyone's favorite segment of the show. Our favorite things. So Juno, what is your favorite thing for this week?
1: Um my favorite thing for this week is actually another podcast. It's called Queens of Adventure, and as you know I play Dungeons and Dragons and this is a bunch of drag queens playing Dungeons and Dragons and it's hilarious.
0: Oh, I think I remember you actually telling me I think I remember you actually telling me about that a while ago.
1: Yeah, it for a while it was in Kickstarter and all that stuff to get like a theme song made and all this other stuff, but it's finally up and running. They're on season 1 now. They're like they do episodes every other Wednesday.
0: They did a Kickstarter for a podcast and people gave money. What were they offering?
1: Like what do you mean what were they offering like as reward?
0: Yeah, it's cuz I'm just thinking there's lots of other podcasts out in the world that are all you know publicly funded and here they were just like hey guys give us money so we can do the podcast not we'll do the podcast first and then you give us money so i'm just wondering what made them think they were so special
1: (laughs) (laughs) well they um before queens of adventure there was this thing called dungeons and drag queens and it's the same group of people so they already had like a little bit of an audience built in oh yeah and then eventually it they became queens of adventure because they couldn't use dungeons and drag queens because the name was copyrighted under the previous organization that they were playing dungeons and drag queens
0: (laughs) we can't use our own copyrighted name
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah because of like whoever owned it i forget how it works
0: oh it's so funny
1: yeah but so i i listened to it and it's so funny because I don't know what these people look like, but, like, based on their voices, I've created these looks for them, and it's just hilarious.
0: (laughs) Do they play drag
1: while playing Dungeons and Dragons? They're in drag, and then sometimes, like, the battles will be, like, lip syncs for your
0: life. It's hilarious. (laughs) You, dragon, you must lip sync for your life. (laughs) That's kind of fun, actually. Yeah. I probably enjoy that. My
1: favorite player on the uh, on the team is Arsene Nikki, I think her name is.
0: That's very interesting. Well, my favorite thing for this week is Maple Story 2 because it just came out. Did you say nipple story? Ugh, this bitch over here. Maple. Oh. Maple. <laughs> <laughs> Maple Story 2. Do not make fun of my lists, okay? I already have to hear it twice fold when I edit these podcasts. <laughs> so, I am well aware. Thank
1: you. <laughs> I never made fun of your list. No, I know. But, yeah, that's it. That's my those my favorite things. What do you like about Maple Story?
0: Honestly, I just like the chibi look. It was the first MMORPG that I got into when I was younger because there wasn't really a lot. There was, like, World of Warcraft and then Maple Story and then maybe a couple others because as far as to my knowledge, a lot of MMOs weren't free yet, mm-hmm. as they are now. Like there's so many that are free now. But I can't confirm that because I'm not a huge MMO RPG player, but I am very familiar with it. And I just remember Maple Story was one of the few that was free to play. And I really like the art style of the game because, you know, you know, I'm into anime and I like Chibi. So put those together and you got Brian. (laughs) I would love to create a like video game
1: that has something to do with like gay anime. Like, I don't know, somehow.
0: Yeah, there hasn't been a gay character done well. And there are talks about it in the industry now there are a lot of like, I'm a part of the group called a gay gaming industry professionals. And it's basically just a bunch of gay people who are in the game industry. And we just talk to each other about job prospects, advice, um, you know, anything that's really relevant about the gaming industry. So um, hopefully, eventually, they'll make a well balanced all around gay character.
1: That would be nice. I would also like if somehow like instead of seeing your typical like really pretty people in video games, if there was like a scrawny Twinkie boy and a big bear like and they were and like the skinny Twinkie boy was rescuing the bear as like he was the Princess Peach type situation, always being abducted.
0: (laughs) I think we can't go that far. Well, I mean, that far where where we, one, create the twink and the bear, and then switch their typical roles. I think we first need to do their first roles and then be able to do the plot twist. Like, oh, the twink saves the bear now. I guess. (laughs) Also, I think you're thinking of like El Dorado or whatever. Not El Dorado, uh, Gay Dorado or something. I don't know what that is. It's this gay mobile app that I'm convinced is just a secret hookup app. It's premised as an RPG game and you play as this guy or whatever and you like do stuff. You like battle people, but there's no strategy. You're just tapping like you're you could play it brain dead. But on the side, when you create your character, you could play if your character is a top bottom twink and you could privately chat other players in the game and send pics and stuff. I want to play this. (laughs) So I'm convinced that it's just a secret hookup app that they hide as a game to avoid whatever you have to pay for for a dating app and, you know, all the different rules and guidelines for a dating app because it's marketed as a game. Is this it? Yep, that's it. Gay gay Dorado. (laughs) So... I got bored of it because, like I said, like it's it really is a brain dead game. You're just tapping through. There's no strategy involved. Like I don't even know why they call it an RPG.
1: (laughs) Its rating is three point nine.
0: Yeah, no, it's pretty terrible. But the artwork, which is it's upsetting because the artwork is on point. Like the graphic designs for that game, it's just it's amazing. It's astounding. So it's like you put it feels like they put all their budget towards the graphics and then just Skins by with the content.
1: (laughs) They're like, content? What's that?
0: (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Alright, everyone. Well, those are our favorite things. Thanks for listening. This is all we have for today. (laughs) (laughs) Have a great day, you guys.
1: Bye. Bye.